Welcome back to Dirty Chai Chats. As you may have guessed from our title, today we're talking about coming, more specifically about difficulty coming as a cis woman. On the podcast today, we have myself, Zora. I identify as a cis woman and use the she, her pronouns. I'm Julia, I'm one of the sex health reps. I identify as a cis woman as well, and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Gio, I use she, they pronouns. Hi, I'm Sophie, I use she, her pronouns. I too am a cis woman. We just wanted to preface that we got this great question on hump day about how it can be difficult for a cis woman to orgasm and whether we have any tips for that. So first off, we kind of just wanted to discuss why it could be difficult for a cis woman or really anyone, this can apply to anyone with a vulva or really anyone with difficulty orgasming and why that might be. Yeah, so to start off, I think maybe we could get into sort of like the biology of orgasm and like how different factors may play a role in making it harder for somebody with a vulva to reach orgasm like with a partner. Specifically, the question was saying that this person is able to orgasm alone, but finds it really hard and has never been able to orgasm with a partner. So what do we think are sort of differences in being with a partner versus being alone and being able mm. to orgasm? Yeah, I mean, I think that like right off the bat, being able to orgasm alone, but then having trouble with a partner, like to me that says that there's so much about like your relationship with the other person and then your relationship to being able to like communicate what you like when you're by yourself masturbating you know exactly what you like like you're able to like explore and like what you do is like directly related to your pleasure like it's very intuitive but with a partner it can be really difficult for them to understand your body to understand your like communication and like I think that for many many cis women it is like very much taught to us that we're not meant to experience pleasure and that our pleasure is not the priority in sexual situations and so it can be really difficult also to put language to exactly what you like yeah and i think that scenario where like you're with another person you don't know how to communicate what you like you maybe don't even know what you like Mm. or what you maybe you they're doing something that you like when you do it by yourself but then when they do it it's like oh this doesn't feel right And so, like, one sort of starting point we wanted to bring up was the fight-or-flight response and some of polyvagal theory, which Zora and I were talking about earlier. When you are in a anxious or stressed state, your body is sort of in fight-or-flight mode, which you might be familiar with, um, which can also be the sympathetic. And what happens when you are triggered in any way which could be, you know, you could be triggered from a past experience. You could be stressed about reaching orgasm, which can, like, send your body into this, like, state of stress. You could, you know, feel uncomfortable with some way that you're being touched, even if you don't know exactly what it is. Maybe you're not comfortable with the person. You could be stressed and overwhelmed for thousands of reasons when it comes to having intercourse or sexual contact with another person. And so what this does to your body is in your sympathetic nervous state, your body actually focuses most of its attention on your vital systems so like your heart rate your breathing stuff that's going to make you survive right so you know in like nature this sort of response is made to happen you know when there's a direct threat to your life and in those states orgasm is not one of the prime functions of when you're being chased by a bear and you need to like run and find safety 
But what happens is, you know, you get stressed and you get triggered and obviously your life may not be threatened, but your body is reacting in a way of survival mode. And so figuring out ways to relax and calm your body and get into a parasympathetic state, which is also could be called rest and digest, is actually necessary to reach orgasm. So maybe we can talk about how before sex and during sex can we make our bodies feel safe so that we have the capacity, the physical Mm -hmm. capacity to orgasm. I think that's a really, really important part because I think we do discuss communication and like how overthinking and just putting like pressure on yourself to come will make you not come. But it's quite literally a biological Mm -hmm. inhibitor and inhibition that's happening. Mm -hmm. It it can be really important to just feel calm. You don't necessarily need to do like super sexual things to get in the mood, Mm -hmm. right? If being comfortable is how you're going to get into the mood, then we were discussing like somatic tips, like Mm -hmm. little head scratches or like rubbing the temple of your partner's head or their inside their Mm -hmm. ear. Yeah, cuddling cuddling back rubs massages like these kind of more sensual acts but that can also act as foreplay Mm -hmm. and like put you in the mood but also put you in this situation where you are able to communicate but also let your body actually relax and hopefully orgasm right that sort of intimacy is like really important for building like comfort Mm -hmm. and connection with your partner Yeah. yeah i think those are like really good points and before today i didn't really think much um, n- about like the scientific like reasonings that you both are giving and I think you give really good examples for what you can do in that situation and I think like honestly it's just like hard to orgasm sometimes with other people like yeah. just a simple fact of like we as humans are so complicated we go through so much of our lives not having space or mental energy to it, it can be hard it takes mm-hmm. a lot of energy like yes. being intimate with someone being vulnerable like it's a type of energy that sometimes we don't really talk about as being expendable in the same way as other forms of energy, but it, it can be really consuming. And so That's I think so that even alone of having the mental capacity and just space to be like, I can be this intimate with you, like mm-hmm. it's, it can be easier to just masturbate and be like, okay, right. I'm done. Five minutes, I'm done. Right. It's you so know. frustrating to like be intimate with somebody and feel like you're not being able to like reach orgasm or even come close to like yes. coming. And that like frustration just gets in your head and then like suddenly you're just done with the situation and you, at yes. least like for me and like I know for some of my friends, some situations with like past partners or even like sometimes like on my own like I've just like why is this not happening like I'm not feeling it and then I just start sort of like getting in my head and then once I've gotten in my head like it's done like yeah, it's that's not yes. the dangerous part is like once you're hyper fixating on mm-hmm. it you just like keep thinking about it and the more you think about why can't I or I need to or this has to happen right like those in- almost intrusive thoughts at that point mm become such a barrier because now you're so focused on this becoming like the end result that you forget about the process of that result yes and I think like focusing like on the stimulation instead of like reshifting instead of being like I need to end being like oh what does this feel like what does this tongue on my clitoris feel like right now I think this is like the most essential and I want to come back to it later also because I to want to talk about like this idea of like arousal and orgasm and like Mm -hmm. what can make that possible but it is so essential for everyone regardless of genitalia regardless of gender identity 
to like dismantle this idea that like sex has to be about orgasm Mm -hmm. sex and intimacy whether that's with yourself or with a partner or multiple partners should be focused on pleasure and connection with yourself and with other individuals Mm -hmm. and like that is something that like we really need to come back to Mm -hmm. i agree i think we need to kind of reshape our like perspective on what we're trying to get out of sex and i mean yeah sometimes that is an orgasm and yeah it's super frustrating Mm -hmm. if you feel like you can't But also, maybe sex is just having a really good time and seeing what feels really good and doing Mm -hmm. new things that you've never tried. And there's, like, a lot of reasons why it can be difficult to orgasm. You know, we also discussed medication can be a factor, hormonal imbalances, Mm -hmm. dehydration. Literally, there's so many factors. So if that's your only goal, that can feel like sex is kind of Mm -hmm. a chore. Now it's not fun anymore. One thing, too, you might not think of socks maybe you're not wearing socks Socks. (laughs) and you can orgasm with another person because it's actually scientifically proven that some people just need socks to orgasm if you have cold feet maybe you're just focusing on your cold feet and you're not comfortable right like i think this goes back to both what julia and zora said is like that idea of like creating an environment where you're not in fight or flight response which can be as simple as putting on a pair of socks i also i think that like <laughs> that's a good question when talking about like creating the environment in which like you can feel comfortable orgasming i like come back to this idea that i learned about in the sex health book called come as you are by emily nagoski mm-hmm. it's all about like female pleasure pleasure for people with vulvas and how to explore that and one of the central ideas is the idea that like everyone has this system of like accelerators and brakes our brains our bodies are like cars there are accelerators things that like sexually excite you and there are also brakes that like are things that sexually inhibit you Mm. and in order to like achieve like a state of arousal that could make pleasure possible but also could make orgasm possible you want to like be aware of what are the inhibitors in this situation and how can I decrease them and what are the exciters in this situation and how can Mm. I increase those like say an exciter could be like oh a really good smell turns me on having like a candle lit in the room like could totally turn me on Mm -hmm. but an inhibitor could be like if the lights are on I'm really self-conscious about my body and I can't stop thinking about it and now I can't focus on anything else other than like my body image so turning the lights off labeling Mm -hmm. those things that turn you on or turn you off and maximizing what you can that turns you on and minimizing what you can that turns you off. Yeah, and so with that comes communication and exploration, I would say. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yes. (laughs) It had to be said. I apologize to all (laughs) listeners. So I would say that we were discussing how communication is really important Mm -hmm. because first, you know, you do want to start with that self-exploration, like we said, you know, masturbating, getting to figure out what you like alone and then trying to transfer that into sex with a partner or partners and so I would say discussing kind of what you're into prior to the sex act or prior to arousal Mm -hmm. can be really helpful because when you're in the moment either maybe you're just going with the flow you know or now you don't feel like you can communicate clearly anymore or you you're worried to speak up and a lot of times I feel like what can happen is people just end up faking an orgasm Mm -hmm. rather than saying this isn't working for me or this is just not going to happen, or you feel like it's taking too long. I know some people feel self-conscious that it's taking too long or that they're just not going to come, it's just not working. And I want to put it out there, too. Like, 
it's okay if you faked an orgasm or if oh yeah hundred percent I think everyone, everyone here has, has. <laughs> everyone has like that also could even be like a challenge for you to be like you know if I during this am not feeling it and not feeling like I'm gonna orgasm like and I feel like I just want to fake it that's okay and maybe I can challenge myself mm. to like at first maybe even just be honest with my partner and say like no I didn't come but that was that was fun. Or yes. this felt good when you yeah. did that. Or mm-hmm. I really liked this part, but no, I didn't finish. Even just admitting that is, like, mm-hmm. so stressful. We're so programmed, and this has come up, like, right before, too, of, like, finish. I didn't finish. Mm. Right? It's so unconscious. Finish. yeah. Right? Oh when you say that, I'm like, wait, it's so unconscious because yeah. it is our language. Oh, I didn't finish. Like, maybe the end of sex right. is And I think coming back to that of, like, like yeah, we certainly finished. But you know what I, I mean? Didn't though? Come. I just yeah, want exactly. to put that out even yeah. for like listeners of like it's so unconscious. Yeah. This just comes back to the idea that <coughs> pleasure should be the goal of sex. Like it's okay to say to your partner, mm-hmm. like, you know, honestly, I'm not gonna come, but I'm having yeah. a lot of fun and I'd love to keep going. I'd really like it if you did this. Yeah. And you can say, like, it takes the pressure off to be like, hey, I don't think I'm gonna come, but this feels great and I wanna keep going. Exactly what you said, Sophia. And also if you have in your head I need to come are you even having pleasure at that point? The orgasm isn't even pleasurable and like what is the point of it? Also like sometimes orgasms don't feel good. Orgasm for people with vulvas is like when contractions experienced in the pelvic floor. And that might feel horrible. I'd also like to point out how many times I've been asked like, oh, did you have sex with them? And I was like, yeah, like we have like oral sex or something. And then people are like, oh, but that's like not sex. And it's like, Whoa, okay, so my sex doesn't count for you, but it counted for me, Yeah. so I had a great time, and you weren't involved, so it doesn't really matter what you think. And talking about anatomy of it, like, the vast majority of vulva owners require external external clitoral stimulation to reach an orgasm. Yeah, exactly. That's literally the only way I can orgasm. Also, literally, like, (laughs) as as a queer woman, um, I also think it's just so important to break down this idea that sex is Mm. penis in vagina and, like, only penetrative because that is, like, so invalidating of anyone who's having sex with people who don't have penises. Yeah. And also, like, break that down. Like, sex should be about pleasure and intimacy, experiencing connection with yourself and others. That is something that you could experience just in a really steamy makeout session. I'm not going to judge if my friend comes to me and is like, oh, my God, I just had the best sex. And I'm like, what did you do? And they're like, we made out and touched each other. I'm like, that's hot. They're like, yeah, all of our clothes are on. I'm like, that's the best sex ever. That's hot. Like, I'm glad that you had fun. Yeah, I think you really reaffirmed that, too, of, like, people's definition of sex and just like what is sex what isn't sex like it's just so broad and like I kind of like the word like hooking up in that sense because it's like oh like hooking up is almost like the word queer but to intimacy Mm-hmm. Like, does that, that make sense? A, it can be like an umbrella. Right. Term. It, it is an umbrella. And I really like that because people will be like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with this person and I have no idea what they did. And for some people, it's sex in one way mm-hmm. or sex in another. Or people inquire more sometimes. But yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. this idea that it can just be so pleasurable and like it can be sex, even if it's like with clothes on. Definitely, like, a back massage could be way more intimate than anal. Dude, I love doing back massages for foreplay. I'm just going to give a little tip out there for the people who have difficulty coming. If you have your partner or if you like back massages and you lay, like, shirtless on your bed and have the person over you, like, giving you a back massage 
And then if that person likes that and is comfortable, then you start licking their body. Yes. From the bottom Ooh. to the top. I love that idea. And then it just progresses from there. Yeah, taking it and step by step. Yes, that's way that's one way to have like a cute sensual moment and make sure everyone's comfortable and feeling mm. ready and yeah. then you go into the I feel like that's kind of similar, too, to the idea of, like, incorporating teasing into foreplay. I, teasing yes. is literally Like, the, sensual, the intimate touch ever. that's, like, touching various <laughs> yes. parts of the body. You must be aware of the idea of erogenous zones. Mm. Um, we talk about, like, pleasure, mm-hmm. where you can experience pleasure on your body. That's not so just fun. the clitoris. That's not just the vagina. That's not just the nipples any part of your body that you can experience pleasure (laughs) and like that heightened sense of stimulation Mm. that comes in intimacy can be considered an erogenous zone that could be the ears it could be your neck it could be the thighs Mm -hmm. and like on the like ears topic like a reason why an ear can be an erogenous zone you know like licking somebody's ear like nibbling on somebody's ear just like kissing around the ear to go back to the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system you have something called a vagus nerve which is like one of the main systems of reducing anxiety and like calming stress and that is around your ear so places like around like your face your cheek like touches on your forehead like all of that i can almost like imagine it like like Mm. the little like tingles you get or like almost like the Mm -hmm. asmr like type stuff yes like that's sort of what's happening it's like your body is like relaxing Mm -hmm. and being like ooh, like i can settle into this no literally Mm -hmm. and literally what you were just explaining it explains also why teasing is like so good Mm -hmm. it's because if you do Mm -hmm. have trouble orgasming maybe one of the reasons is because you're not that turned on and your body's just not in that state Mm -hmm. so if you do want to incorporate teasing more and whatever that is to you you need to communicate with your partner you know Mm -hmm. figure that out but keep on having your partner tease you if that's what you're into then you're gonna get yourself into a state at some point where coming is gonna be a lot easier yeah Mm -hmm. because you're already in that state like prior to even having sex you know and i think we also need to discuss like things that people can explore like different positions like Mm -hmm. some people like to put a pillow under their pelvis or like certain positions will hit a different spot like doggy style will hit what they call the a spot which is like close to your belly button but missionary will probably hit the g spot which is the other direction so it's like maybe you don't like any of that maybe you're not into that maybe you're into clitoral stimulation or anal stimulation there's so many options there's so many sex toys that you can use that are like specific for a certain location if that's what you like we were also discussing how oral sex can be really helpful because when your like your tongue or your mouth is actually on your partner's body, you can kind of sense their like breathing and their movements, mm-hmm. and like you're more close and intimate with their reactions. Mm-hmm. So that can be a really good way to kind of figure out what your partner likes. And if you don't really know what you like, that can be a great way to figure out yeah. if you like what your partner is doing. Right. I just want to put it out there that like different positions doesn't just have to be for like penetrative sex. Yes. Also, yeah. it can be for like oral it can be for touching it can be for fingering and also like different positions lend well to like different sex toys receiving penetrative stimulation and at the same time using like an external vibrating toy on the clitoris like like doggy is a position in which like both you and your partner can have at least one hand free and like a hand free means a sex toy it means touching your partner it means touching yourself yeah accessible via doggy it can be very different between bodies to find pleasurable spots like internally it can also be hard to find and like identify different areas of the clit and like the vulva like externally 
that feel good. Maybe you've sort of like found a spot around the clit and then you sort of like pull back the labia and there's more sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Like exploring, <laughs> where is the clit? Where is my <laughs> clit? No, but like where is my clit? Everybody's labia and like labia minora and labia majora are different, different sizes. Pulling it back, moving it around. Where are like more sensitive spots? Like what if I put the vibrator on this spot? What if I like go and turn over on my back? What if I turn back over on my stomach? There are so many just different intricacies of like some spots may be like, oop, that was uncomfortable. And some spots may be like, oh my God, like that was amazing and I've not discovered that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, taking that idea of like finding like the right like specific spots or angles mm-hmm. or like positions that make you feel really good can be awesome while masturbating and then with a partner can be totally different. Oh, I think true. that a lot of cis women, we have programmed into our brains that like our pleasure mm-hmm. is not important and not valid and so it can be like really hard for us to understand like how to actually label what feels good. Simply saying things like directly as possible let's start with a little bit of pressure and then oh a little bit more yeah I like that a little bit more Mm -hmm. that's better oh a little bit more no go back to before like it's Mm -hmm. as simple as like saying that explicitly guiding the person's hand and like just kind of like moving them into the direction of the spot that you like or maybe applying pressure onto their hand to kind of show them what kind of movement like you like yourself but also I think it's important for us to discuss the fact that it is such a subjective feeling what you like biologically but what you're turned on by right Mm -hmm. so if you're turned on by like a specific fantasy or maybe dirty talk then like kinks or kinks exactly communicate that you know I know I have definitely gotten a hump day question where someone was like I'm worried I'm gonna scare my partner with my interests and kinks or like Mm -hmm. my my desire to use sex toys during sex. And, like, yeah, I totally get it. It can be scary because you don't know how the other person's going to react. And if the other person reacts poorly, you're going to feel, like, maybe shameful about what you're into. But really, like, the best way you're going to get the most pleasure out of sex Mm -hmm. is transparency. And probably the most way you're going to come is if you're extremely turned on. And, like, there's so many different options. One thing Mm. that I think is a great alternative to, like, because I know, like, some people like to watch porn to, like, get in to the mood some partners watch porn together but also you can have like your partner read like a fanfic to you or like some people are really into smut you know smut like reading smut is like smut is (laughs) thank um, you sophie smut (laughs) is like like fan fiction would be like a category of smut but like smut is like is like written it could be like visual media it's like Um, erotica yeah it's erotica yeah yeah it's like like, there's so many different mm -hmm. categories like i'm just gonna say i'm gonna put out there a fan favorite is fairy smut which is really yeah. fun. If I've you guys have seen on like TikTok, there's like all these like books. It's yeah. gonna show up now on my feed. No, literally. And <laughs> having your partner like read that to you can yeah. be like Wait, I'm such so a turn on. There's podcasts That's on so Spotify cool. oh, yes. that are like erotica podcasts that yes. like could be like three minutes but could also be like 30 minutes that like you and a partner mm. could listen to yes. or like you could listen to like before like your sexual partner comes over to like get in yeah. the mood like and it can just be like a way to like kind of like mm-hmm. get yourself into a vibe like it can help you feel comfortable but it can also help you like explore like ooh, in this erotica they were talking about yeah. this way of touching someone that yeah. i've never thought of before try that and reenacting yes. the yeah. fantasy oh my god it's yes. actually like also it's hot I think this idea of, like, audio and stories is something that people with vulvas, specifically, erotica via storytelling is, like, how people are more turned on. And Mm -hmm. there's actually this app called Dipsia, and it was 
created for that very reason because they did a lot of research on how people are able to get more turned on and it wasn't through visual porn for cis women it was through storytelling and so they created mm. this app, which it's a phenomenal app. It is. Um, it's like Spotify for right, and they're erotica? really well, yeah, and they're really cool. well produced. They have all types of story. They're very like, in my opinion, inclusive. I think they definitely lean more towards able bodies and able bodied interactions. Mm. Um, in other ways, um, celebrate diversity of having like Latinx genre and like voice actors who are of that background. And I think cool. it's really cool if you're looking for specific plays and like if it's like threesomes or just women or like the level of fieriness and they really it is audio storytelling and it's so so great um if you're listening to that what's it called d-i-p-s-e-a for the listeners for the listeners listeners. i want (laughs) to also while we're on this topic plug that um there's this like website called omg yes that sex health reps like through our position got like a subscription to and it is fascinating it's like this like website all based off of like um, female mm. pleasure and like how like cis women and people with vulvas masturbate and are able to come mm-hmm. there will be like this video of like Helen 60 years old and she'll be like hey everyone like today I'm talking about rhythms for orgasm and how like you can like increase your rhythm okay so Zora and Gia you guys were just talking about erotica and like mm. how that can increase people's like arousal and mm. all of that like how does that play into dirty talk I think Mm. dirty talk can be really, um, like, important. Not just because it's also a continuous source of communication. Mm -hmm. You are, like, you know, either, like, saying, I am am liking this, I'm not liking this. But also, like, it can just turn, I mean, it can just turn you on, you know, Mm -hmm. right? It depends on what you're into. Um, This is really a great place to explore what what you're into, you know? Are you into, like, being more dominant, more submissive? Are you more into being praised? Or, like, do Mm. you not care about that at all do you want to do you want to stick in this like fantasy or role play and how are you going to talk to each other based on that you know but also what i find really important is like sounds and like moaning like for me i think it's really important because it's also another way of communication is that something to like tell your partner like yeah hey i really like it when you like moan in my ear no literally because like i feel like there's also a lot of people who feel like either their moaning is like not acceptable or like it's shameful but really you know it's just like letting your partner know you like what they're doing on the note of like dirty talk i think it's like easier said than done and we're also all of us all four of us sitting in this room are very seasoned sex health reps Mm -hmm. yeah um and i want to make that clear and also no none of this is easy yeah like yeah we're making this you know we're talking about this in a way but also i think in the fact of like bringing it back to how do you even initiate and like start Mm -hmm. with dirty talk like that feels fucking weird like i'm just gonna say like being yeah because it can just like feel really uncomfortable to like talk in this very sexual way for a lot of my friends like what they do and have gotten good feedback about is like putting on a persona like mm. who's your persona character and like maybe you're just this person in bed and you come out of it and then in real life you're like <laughs> no yes get like, into that's it. not me you know yeah that's um, so true like, literally make sex like, whatever you want it to but make. i think even just like trying to maybe that's been helpful for my friends who like really struggle because it feels like you have to like show up as yeah. yourself yeah. but actually no like yeah i also think that. like but also like you don't have yeah. to make it like such a serious thing like for instance i feel like 
bringing humor into sex can be like a good way to not make it feel so serious or like scary at times i mean obviously also, it depends sex on the is fucking awkward and yes. weird Sometimes and like bushy smelly bushy. like there's just so much happening there's so much mess and so much sound yeah. if you take smelly. it so seriously then it's gonna be really weird this has been so enlightening just to like yeah. hear the words it's so weird yeah because yeah. i don't really think about it and then yeah. i'm like wait yeah it's so <laughs> weird yeah sex can be so awkward like yeah. not just like the physical like finding like the way that like you and your partner are like fitting together as puzzle pieces mm-hmm. but like communication like i have so many friends who have found themselves in sex- sexual situations in which their partner says like i really like it when you dirty talk me mm-hmm. and they're like oh um, <laughs> no yeah <laughs> like, like they literally don't know what to say yeah, they're like you're a slut and i like that yeah. like yeah, no <laughs> it's awkward Wait, sometimes we feel like we're not ourselves yeah but incorporating Literally. humor is like a great way to be yeah. vulnerable with your partner by being like this is funny right but at yeah. least we are both mm-hmm. acknowledging and not feeling shame exactly. humor is a way to take away shame yes. on the topic of awkwardness all of this stuff we are talking about like can be so amazing and can also be like really awkward with a partner that you're comfortable with like how do you incorporate this with like a hookup like somebody that you've never slept with before maybe just met genuinely having a consistent partner whether that's someone you're dating or someone you're like seeing as friends with benefits or whatever your relationship is the more times that you are like intimate with someone kind of the easier it becomes to like communicate with that person what you like and you learn each Mm -hmm. other's like bodies and like can be really helpful but in a first time hookup whether that's with a friend or an acquaintance or someone you don't know at all it's like a totally different handbook, but I think mm-hmm. that it can be most helpful to just be really explicit and honest because yeah. you don't owe this person anything other than respect and consent. They also like owe that to you and only that. And so like the best thing that you can do is like be really direct about your communication and like take away these layers of shame. Be like, I don't even know this person. This doesn't even matter. Hey, I really like it. If you flip me over and call me a dirty little slut and <laughs> penetrate me from behind. That's or they say, um, that's not really my thing. And you're like, all right, bet. Well, yeah. what do you like? I mean, I am a firm believer in that sex can only get better with progression. A hookup is like, hookups are still like, this is literally like a blank canvas, right? Yeah, you yes. have nothing to lose. Yeah, you true. Maybe you will never be seeing this person ever again you know, or you've never met this person. You literally can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. And I do think that Mm -hmm. communicating prior what your expectations are, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe this is your first date and you're like, actually, I'm not comfortable having this type of sex, but I'm fine with going this far today, you know, something like that. But also like, if you are planning on having sex or hooking up with someone being like, all right, what are you into? Or like, do you have any, I love asking people like, do you have any fantasies or like what's your what's your what's what's something you've never done but you really want to try like I these love kind that. of things you know like if it's a partner that like is probably going to be a good match for you like I, I think that if you sort of bring that up and ask them those direct questions in like a safe setting like that that probably will make them feel more comfortable and make them like feel mm. seen and heard by you and more likely to like open up and if somebody is like if you like ask about like what they like or like ask about like things that they want to do or try to have communication beforehand and a person is just like like what like completely cuts you off or like makes you feel uncomfortable or like weird for doing that like goodbye maybe that yeah goodbye Goodbye. Goodbye. no sex for you maybe that's all like all right have a great night like 
Yeah, like, okay, I was interested in being intimate with you, and suddenly I realized that we're not really compatible. Yeah, I think this is all very true, and again, very hard to actually do in practice, and I think, let's be honest, if you're meeting up for the first time, like, you probably don't want to say your sexiest fantasy. Yeah. I mean, like, it's different levels of, like, feeling safe. Yeah. Like, yes. no, yeah. I'm then yeah. gonna open up about actually what I like. Mm-hmm. I think intimacy can be a very like yeah, requires okay. a lot of vulnerability want, for some yeah, people. Bringing it all back to this idea of like pleasure too. Sometimes you might not be able to receive that type of pleasure you want from someone that you're just hooking up with for the first no, time. I, yeah, and like that's okay. And I think Zora, you really said a true point of like it can get better and it does yes. get better over time. Progression. I think that is so true because someone will know your body better. You'll be able to be more open. You know, every person that you have intimacy with for the first time, it's like the f- your first time again. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. you don't know their body. It yeah. is a new experience. Like whenever someone's going to hook up with someone for the first time, it's like they've never done it before. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they haven't with that body. And maybe that's, that's so an true. opportunity to like, like we were talking about challenging yourself to like be honest mm-hmm. about like, coming or like maybe that's an opportunity if like you know you're with somebody that you just met or like you don't have any sort of relationship with and you were mm-hmm. hooking up and like you've sort of accepted like I'm not you know getting close enough to orgasm that I think I'm gonna come maybe that's a point where you're like okay like I'm gonna challenge myself mm-hmm. like after this is done to say like oh yeah I didn't come but I really liked this or I really liked this not even for the other person, just yeah. for, like, your own, mm-hmm. like, yeah. comfortability. Like, that could be just, like, a that's little really step. Good. And that's not even a little step, even, that's for, like, really a lot good. of people. Like, yeah. for me, too. Like, that's, you know, just being honest and, like, risking, like, hurting somebody's feelings, like, can be really stressful and overwhelming. And, like, having that be something you keep in mind to do mm. with, you know, a hookup. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, I mean, I think it's definitely, like, really clear that we are trying to set a focus on like pleasure and communication but also like exploration for yourself and we know that this conversation is about having sex with a partner Mm -hmm. but obviously most of these points are supposed to be centered on trying to you know explore how Mm -hmm. you like to have sex how you feel pleasure and what makes you orgasm yeah going back to this question of you're able to do it maybe on your own but not with a partner like what when masturbating makes you able to orgasm Mm -hmm. and maybe like trying to really figure that out of like Mm -hmm. what's happening there that's not able to translate and even things like mutual masturbation yeah Yeah. like we've already probably talked yeah a little bit yeah um but like i think that's like a piece of advice that i give to people in this situation too because it's like well if you can do it on your own maybe doing it together and like opening that up yeah. can be really not special. only is mutual masturbation a great way to be able to just like touch yourself and mm-hmm. do exactly what you like to yourself with like a partner there like it can be a way that like you and your partner can see mm-hmm. the other person do onto themselves like what they like yes. and then like that can be a really like that visual cue can be really helpful yeah. to like enact that onto that person mm-hmm. like yourself not just that but also like it can take a lot of the pressure off because it's not mm-hmm. you or your partner providing pleasure to the other person and like mm-hmm. someone if they can't perform well like mm-hmm. there's no stress about that because yeah. it's just like hey i'm just touching myself and you're right here and yeah. i find yeah. you hot and you're touching yourself and that's, that's hot we're sharing in this like pleasurable mm-hmm. experience and there's no pressure for like each other to make the mm-hmm. other person do anything yeah. the in terms of just like hooking up with someone also and this idea of bringing in masturbation 
if you've received pleasure from this interaction, you didn't orgasm, I would encourage you, still do it. Yeah. Masturbate oh after. There's Bye. also where's like, my vibrator? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or like while they're still there, you'd be like, hey, do you mind if I like pull out my vibrator and crank one out? Because yes. I, I think that's also like so valid too. Is like if that's like feels good to you, like absolutely. Especially with like yeah. the like intimacy sometimes and like the like mm-hmm. inherent vulnerability of like trying to orgasm and like right. getting your brain to that place, but also like do I have a weird face when I orgasm? Do my mm-hmm. legs shake? Yeah. All of those it's things. Real. It's a it's a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. They're just, like, all these little stepping stones to, like, work your way up into, like, full-on intimacy with another person where they're Mm -hmm. the one fully manipulating your pleasure. And that doesn't have to be the end goal. Your end goal can be, I just really want to mutually masturbate with someone. And that's cool, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring up one more point I forgot to put down here. Mm -hmm. But actually... I think also a great idea would be to go to, like, a sex shop or something with your partner. Look at the different things they have and, like, oh, my God, that's such a weird thing. What is that? And then figuring out what it is and being like, oh, wait, that's kind of cool. I'm actually kind of into that. And kind of figuring out things that you like. And then also now you're already having a conversation about it, which is kind of good. But, yeah, I just wanted to add that in there as, like, another thing to to perhaps do. Speaking of sex shops, um, I will keep this very short, but um, for everyone out there who's got a vulva i think there are some very very practical tips out there which include um getting some sex toys that make you feel good because it can increase the amount of stimulation that you're able to receive through like the mechanics and like vibrations of a sex toy versus someone's fingers or tongue Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. phallus and also incorporating lube is really important yes we love lube we love lube water-based lube lube. (coughs) and you can get some at a sex shop and at the vending machine at the campus <laughs> center, <laughs> at yes. Tufts People for free, as well as condoms as well. Yes, and nice dams. Trojan condoms and dental dams. Yes. All the safe sex practices you need, and Plan B for fifteen dollars. And, and that is a promotion for <laughs> the new vending machine at the Yay. campus center. Last thing that I will put out there is the importance of a strong pelvic floor. One of the reasons why some people can't orgasm is because their muscles are physically not strong Mm -hmm. enough to be able to experience the contractions of an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And so strengthening your pelvic floor can be really important for some people, especially like if you have issues with incontinence, as in like, it's like really easy for you to pee yourself, like that might be a sign that you have weak pelvic floor muscles and mm. also could be mm. a reason why you might struggle orgasming but could have like a lot of pleasure um mm. from like touching yourself or having other people touch you how do you something work on that? so something that you can do to work on that is kegels kegels are like short like contractions or like flexing of like the muscles of the pelvic floor and like you can look up online like a little bit more about like details of how to do that because i'm no physical therapist mm-hmm. i can't really tell you and we'll link some yeah, we can link that in the in the description. A sexy way to practice Kegels is actually if you get the little, like, Kegel eggs. Oh, yeah. And you can get those at a sex shop. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you can practice doing Kegels, but it can also be, like, an arousing sensation for some people. Because it's stimulating mm-hmm. from the inside. And mm-hmm. while you are by yourself touching yourself or with a partner or partners touching each other and, like, you're kind of edging or like you're getting close to orgasm but you just can't get there sometimes it can really help to like do kegels because you're physically tricking your body by like by like manipulating contractions you can trick your body into 
going into orgasm contractions and so like if you are one of those people that's like having trouble like just getting over the edge but you're so close Mm. do some kegels in like a rhythm that might like progress like breathing Mm. in kegels could like progress you and manipulate yourself into that orgasm Mm. all right so we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode we just kind of wanted to discuss how orgasming is really important and really fun but it's also not the goal of sex and it's not what sex is or should be about even though it can be an important part and a source of frustration sometimes so we hope that our little tips and tricks might help remember communication is key and feeling comfortable and safe stay sexy stay safe and we hope you come soon Thank you.